Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome. To the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey Nochelprano. Good morning, Andy. Morning. Mid-morning here on the West Coast. Late morning, apparently, in Arizona, where Randy Ruther is texting us as we speak that this podcast is not starting early enough for him. Oh, Randy, move to some place with uh, daylight savings, buddy. It's still 1030 for the rest of us. He needs that early morning, late morning, dirty sports fix. I am. I'm just getting up and at him here. Arizona's weird. I still haven't figured it out. I'm 40 years old. So the, the, the time they're, they're with the West Coast part of the year and part of the year, they're central or I'm sorry, West Co- or the uh, mountain. Correct. But they're mountain right now. I believe so, right? Because we would spring forward. We haven't sprung forward yet. We do next Sunday. Right. So then they're back on the Pacific Standard Time. Correct. I think. I don't know. I honestly don't know how it works. I feel like we've wasted a lot of time on this in the past. Yeah. <laughs> like I guess if we would spring forward. Yeah. Then they would stay. I don't know. <laughs> Justin, tell us what time it is where you are right now. (laughs) It's funny. Justin said he wasn't going to be all consumed. He's all consumed by Bengals. Yeah. Like he texted me some screenshots. (coughs) I guess Jesse Bates unfollowed the Bengals. You know, that's a big contract negotiation right now with with their safety. He's really good. Right. Right. You know, he's 24. and, And this is such a weird thing that they do the unfollowing on Instagram. Oh, it was Twitter, but yes, yeah, same thing. Oh, day. Twitter, okay. Like mid-contract negotiations? Yeah. So, you know, I was like, yeah, I told him, I was like, dude, I wouldn't, like, he was good and he played great in the playoffs. I was like, but it's just the O-line, like, if, it's just like all the O-line. I, if I'm a Bengals fan, that's all I care about. Like, you yeah. can replace a very good safety, you know. An O-line, that's what you need. I heard the wildest take yesterday. I would argue one of the worst takes I've ever heard. Wow. That's a that's a hot take from Andy, just about takes. Yeah. What's the what's the worst take you've ever heard? One of the worst takes you've ever heard. I heard yesterday from someone that Joe Burrow uh-huh. was going to be the next Baker Mayfield, which one doesn't make sense. And when questioned saying he's never like, he'll have one good year and be done. And I was like, I didn't want to get into it with this person based on the circumstance, but I wanted to say to him, Joe Burrow in his second year took the Bengals to the Super Bowl. Baker Mayfield in his second or third year won one playoff game. Statistically, they're not even close. What they did is not like, and then he's like, yep, one and done, just like Baker. And I'm like, it, it was such a bad take that made no sense. I, I didn't even know what to say. Yeah, that's a horrible take. 
I mean, honestly, it like I would need I would argue that his like Baker Mayfield. Like I, I'd honestly argue Baker Mayfield just like had the ups and downs of an early quarterback's career. And, you know, while I'm not the world's biggest Baker Mayfield fan, especially since apparently he wanted less talented receivers on his team, which to me is a more of a intellectual issue than a, you know, physical issue. But I would argue we, you know, Baker Mayfield is TBD. And Joe Burrow, in taking a team to the Super Bowl in his first full season, has proven himself. So it's like, I don't even think they're in the same conversation right now. Well, they're not. And then this person went on to say, it turned into this cockiness discussion. Like, just like Baker, too cocky. You think you think you did everything. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm thinking, what, what are you talking about, man? Like, too, too cocky. Joe Burrow has confidence i may you know maybe some will call it cocky but like those two baker mayfield was going at colin how cowherd from day one yeah i don't remember i don't remember like joe burrow taking a flag out to like set the center of the field and like putting it in or like you know playing the guitar or whatever like running from the cops yeah i don't know if that factors into the cockiness level but yeah but just like i'm saying the history yeah Anyway, I, I was like, dude, that's an all even comparing those two. I was like, this is just such a bad all time take. And I, I, I just I, I can't. You know, it's one of those like I can't even entertain this take. It's so bad. Yeah, that's a that's a horrible take. Don't make me pull out the card. Dude, I host a sports podcast twice a week. I read so much shit. This is my livelihood. Was this a Browns fan? I have no clue what this guy was. Was it Slubadub? Because <laughs> <laughs> when when I hear horrific toilet water takes and the Browns are involved, I usually think of Slubadub. <laughs> Unbelievable! By the way, Slubadub, he by the way, he loves the attention that we give him. So you're welcome, Slubadub. Did a Reddit post mocking you and I and our quote unquote LeBron slurping. And then it proceeded to make no sense at all. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't see it, but uh, it was like, oh, June, just slurping LeBron. And then it was Cle- then it- Cle- Cleveland fans, man. They'll never they'll never get over it. And then the guy, the guy delivered you a championship. The guy did the unthinkable and you guys are still butthurt about it. Well, it was just absolute the absolute butthurt. He did for, for to put it into Slubadub's terms, he said he was going to build a wall and he built a wall. He didn't leave with a wall half finished with people climbing over it, around it and through it. He said he was going to build you a wall. He built a wall. That's a, that's in terms Slubadub should understand. Well, a a, a brown or, a, you know, a Browns cast, whatever. If you're a Cleveland sports fan, exactly. I don't know how you could be like, like, I don't know. I wouldn't, I would think you'd be the opposite way. Like you'd be so LeBron, 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 like our boy, Justin Wood, like our reason, like a reasonable Ohio sports fan. Also. Yeah. A a title man, like to Cleveland, Cleveland. 
like it wasn't even about basketball. It was about the the whole sports, you know, you know, all sports in that city. Anyway, yeah, there, there are people who have wild takes out there. I mean, well, anyway, I know I know that our LeBron love tends to leave some people butthurt, mostly like, you know, people stuck in 90s basketball, LeBron haters, whatever. But this is a great segue into just LeBron scoring 56 at age 37. This is bananas, dude. The, the Warriors are spiraling. Yeah, they are. LeBron scores 56. You 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 hate to say like I I I truly I mean I'm a, I'm a LeBron fan but I don't care for the Lakers at all. Like I used to root like low key for the Lakers as a kid and like not root for them but just like enjoyed them, you know? Enjoyed the colors, enjoyed yeah. Ma- Magic Johnson, enjoyed thinking about LA, loved Showtime. Like th- thought it was great. Um the the Kobe, the post Shaq Kobe era kind of killed my love of the Lakers entirely. And now I don't care for them. Obviously, I root for LeBron. But dare I say, like the the Lakers hanging around, just like milling around with LeBron scoring. 50, like, I mean, they beat the Warriors. You got it. You got to be like, well, any given night, LeBron James can just be LeBron James. Yeah, but I think this one's different, though. I mean, I said that. I, I just think watching them play. I, I, I just think, you know, obviously that's a great game. I just don't see them doing anything. But you I, see them making the playoffs. I don't know. I mean, I, my, my trust right now, again, it goes back to Anthony Davis. Of course it does. But if LeBron James is scoring 50 points, keeping their head above water until an Anthony Davis return. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're winning the NBA championship, but. But I don't trust Anthony Davis once he gets back. That's what I'm saying. I I just, you know, at this point, I don't I don't know on him. I mean, they're currently a nine seed. They're four and a half back of the eight seed Clippers. Who you just saw last night. I did. Clippers Knicks at Crypto.com Arena. Was that your first time at Crypto.com? Um, I went once before earlier this season with uh, Clipcast host Chris Wild. I call it the Chris Wilddo.com arena. Um, but uh, I don't know if it was official when I, the last time I went. Now, when you go to a Lake or Lakers, sorry, not Lakers, a Clippers Knicks game, give me a breakdown of that. A lot of- a lot of Knicks fans. I was going to say with all the yeah. transplants. Yeah. A lot of Knicks fans. Ha- half or no. Um, Maybe not half, but I would say here's what I'll say. I would say 50, 50 split between people in Knicks gear and people in Clippers gear. You go to a Clippers game. There's a lot of people that are just like at a Clippers game. It feels like sure. you don't see like a lot of like Clippers jerseys or Clippers hats. I would say 50-50 people in merch, but I, I'll take the indifferent people, at least in dress. I'll just, you know, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that the majority of them are Clippers fans, I guess. Yeah, no, that makes sense. But it was a fun game. Knicks kind of led it the whole way. Huge lead dwindled in the third quarter, as many a Knicks leads do. 
no lead is safe when you're the New York Knicks. So it seemed like it was going to become a game. Uh, they got it down to 12, I believe. And that was as close as they got some, some young fun from the Knicks, you know, big game from RJ Barrett, big game from quickly big game, big fourth quarter from Cam Reddish, just instant offense, just add water, a little Cam Reddish in the fourth, just, I, I, it's it still makes me so sad that the Knicks didn't move all the fucking shitty veterans that like this this team needs to be just youth youth youth, and of course Tom Thibodeau who uh, Chris Wilde pointed out you know busy playing the Penguin in the new the Batman movie uh, you know still sticking with the veterans but it was a nice game it was fun it's good to see a Knicks win even if it cost us a draft position probably. Was that game? I assume that game would be sold out, correct or no? It was not. It was, it was not. It was actually. I. I mean, I don't. I don't know about technically, but it was very light. It was light in the whole area. I think Sunday night. Knicks, pretty terrible. Clippers kind of, you know, been playing relatively well prior to that. People probably figure blowout. It was a blowout for the Knicks, baby. Are we uh, are we ready to reevaluate Tyloo at this point at all? Um, you, you have to say they they haven't had their two big guys. They're in the West. They're still in the playoffs. They're still winning games. I, I I'll just say, look, we've been critical of him, but like. He's getting it's not easy when your two big stars are out and your team still plays well. Like like at, that that's at, on the that's to me good coaching. Absolutely. But here's the thing. I mean, you know, you NBA coaches uh, in particular, you 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 have to judge them based on like their management of a of a roster, their management of minutes, their management of the day-to-day of running a basketball team and he's obviously pretty good at that. Then there's the when it comes down to clutch crunch time, NBA playoffs, you know, is he going to get out coached? Is he not going to get out coached? Like I, I'm going to say off the top of my head, like without a doubt, like I'll have, you know, eight NBA coaches I'll take in a crunch time situation over Ty Lu. That's not thinking of anybody in particular, but just like that's probably the ballpark of guys that I would safely say this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy. So that's really what it comes down to. Right. Cause I mean, yeah. in the, in the NBA, obviously it's not quote unquote, a super bowl or bus league, like the NFL, you still got to put a good team on the floor, make the playoffs, all that stuff, you know, seating matters, position matters, all that stuff. But in the end, like it would be nice to feel like you have a basketball coach that can, Win you games, sure. But the Warriors are sliding, and you mentioned that. And obviously, they started so hot. So you know, if if you look at the standings, they're now tied for second. Yeah, with Memphis, Utah's right behind them. Memphis, bro, unbelievable. Can we just like? I just want to do it again. I know I saw a, I saw a. Uh, tweet this morning who is the NBA MVP and I believe it was Giannis and Embiid and Jokic were the three in the tweet yeah, and I'm just like 
I'm just like, we're just going to like let Memphis be second in the West and John Moran's not going to like be a, like a smaller little box in that thing. But why, why is he not getting that the, the national love? Why is he not getting that for MVP? I mean, listen, I, I don't, I understand saying right now that John Morant isn't, you know, of maybe a valid MVP. Like he, maybe he's not in the conversation, but like, I almost feel like, but why if not? You're put, if you're is, putting is, is, it is my yeah. question. Why not? Yeah, I, 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 that's. I mean, it's a great question. But I think the bottom line is, if you're if you're just putting a row, if you're if you're just tr- trying to start a Twitter combo, if we're just saying, hey, let's talk about everybody, it's it's kind of the Cooper Cup of the NBA to me this year. It's like, why? What's happening that we're not talking about him? I yeah. mean, I, I guess maybe in terms of just like as compared to those guys, but still, I mean, he is, they're a great young team, but he's the guy. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I I know we keep saying it, but it's like, man, he was your number one pick. If you want to redo this. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's long settled, right? Yeah, I think so. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I settled on that. I mean, f- he's played 50-ish games, I think. And they're, you know, so he he missed a, f- a few games, but he's, you know, he didn't miss a third of their games. I think he's played 50 games and they've played 65 or whatever. Let me look it up. He's played 52 games and they've played 66 games. So, you know, he missed 14 games. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, what the point guard in that position, the quarterback of the floor, how important it is. And now he's just doing things. I mean, you saw the highlight. Sure. From from last week. Yeah. But the two plays at the end of the first half together, I mean, honestly, maybe the greatest in-game dunk I've seen in. I don't know how long. I don't know the other. I don't know the next one on my list. I don't know the next most recent one uh, that was just like, oh my god! And then the end of the half, the point four seconds jumping, full like, dude, to catch a ball thrown that far, that a ball thrown that far has to have a certain amount of velocity on it to catch it and get it off in point four seconds on the baseline to go in. Oh man. Listen, RJ Barrett <clears throat> has become a great player for the New York Knicks. I'm ecstatic at the development of RJ Barrett, who's now 21 years old. Um, but it's kind of obvious you redo all that over. You're going jaw one, Barrett two, Zion three. Sure. No, for but, sure. But god damn, if we hadn't just gotten the second pick. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I see with him and I don't, I'm sure you've seen this on Twitter. A lot of people are doing the uh, early Derrick Rose comparisons with how they play and their explosiveness and the dunks and just what they can do for their teams. And obviously Derrick Rose, I believe, didn't he get the Bulls to a number one seed pretty quickly in his career? Yes. Yes, he did. When he won the MVP. Yeah. So you're seeing a lot of those comparisons. Um, which I think are fair. Totally. 
I, honestly, I think I've even, <clears throat> I'll say this. I think even with Derek Rose peaking as an MVP and I love Derek Rose, Derek Rose is great. Uh, I think John Morant's upside is higher than Derek Rose's ever was, even when he was healthy. I can see that. In terms of creativity, in terms of whatever, like, you know, it was a different time, but Derek Rose was kind of like the, you know, put your head down, get to the rack. He's scoring. He's whatever. And not that he wasn't, but like, Jaws facilitating ability is like the ceiling's higher in my opinion. Yeah, no, I can see that for sure. Well, another basketball news before we get to a recap of winning time, which you and I are kind of chomping to do coach K is done as far as regular season. Which is crazy. Like I, I kind of like forgot about this that he was leaving. Yeah. yeah. And they lose in his final game, which I think is kind of, kind of fitting. But I don't know. I I just is, I, it, I, is it kind of fitting? Well, fitting in a way of like I, I like when that shit happens. Yeah. Like Duke's an eleven and a half point favorite. Now they'll go on some crazy fucking postseason run. So I have I know the, I know nothing about college. Like, are, is Duke good this year? Yeah, they're good. They're top five. Okay, I love Duke. So I had to pull up. I'm pulling up right now. You know, he's by far the most wins. I'm a little shocked, to be honest, at some of these people that make the top 10 college wins. Coach K, and I don't know if this is the most recently updated. No, this is before this season. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't even know where, like, like the only guys, like, Coach K, Bayheim, Roy Williams. Well, yeah, you're pretty close. So it goes right. It goes in order, starting with Coach K at number one. It goes Coach K, Bayheim's number two, Jim Calhoun's number three, Roy Williams, Calhoun, right? Roy Williams is number four. Bob Knight, Bobby Knight in there. Okay, number five. Number six is Bob Huggins. Okay. Well, you figure just the longevity. Yeah. Between uh, Cincinnati and West Virginia. Number seven is Dean Smith. Number eight, eight offer up. Nine, Jim Phelan, uh, who coached for like 40 years at Mount St. Mary's. And then number 10, uh, old Villanova coach, Rolly Messamino. It's just, I don't know. It's like these guys fucking coach, man. Coach yeah. K, is, he's coached 46 seasons. As a head coach? Yeah. No. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, because he coached uh, he coached Army from seventy five to eighty, and he's coached at Duke since at nineteen eighty. That's crazy. That is crazy. I want I want to know what really went on, Joe. That's what I'm getting to. I, I want what? the dirt. I, I want I want how, how Duke built a powerhouse. I want to know all the shady shit that happened. I, that's what I want to know. I don't know people don't want to talk about it, but I do. I want to know, no way they got all these guys. And I know some stuff has come out. We still, all the Zion stuff. What, 46 years? I'm just saying every single 
person of power and politician, they create these clean images. And I know I'm blasphemizing Coach K right now, and everybody is basically putting him up on a pedestal. What really went on in Duke those last 46 years? I, you, you know, we're, we're talking about winning time, the new HBO show. We're about to talk about it. I want to know the behind the scenes of Durham. I feel like you do know, though, right? Like, I feel like we just know how this works. Money, yeah, pr- right? Like, gifts. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess just watch Blue Chips. <laughs> <laughs> one, of the, one of the most underrated sports movies of all time. I couldn't agree more. One of the most underrated sports movies of all time. I, I, here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a word out of that review. One of the most underrated movies of all time. It's a good movie. It is a good movie. It's a great sports movie. It is. It, it, it's, it's a, you know, and it really is. I saw it. Uh, I saw it in the theater. It came out in 94. I can tell you, I saw it in the now defunct theater. Showcase Cinemas in Eastgate. I saw my mom, I think, and my and my brother. And it was a cable staple for years. I mean, I've probably seen it 50 times. It's a good movie. It, it's it's. Uh, I want to play a clip from it now. If you guys haven't seen Blue Chips, you have to see it. It's truly it is so good. Nick Nolte, man. I mean, Nick, Nick, Nick Nolte. Nolte. Nick Nolte had a run where Nick Nolte. Was like, I mean, I can't. What's the NBA equivalent of Nick Nolte? Where he had he had a run there where he was just, I mean, he would he would carry movies by himself. It was like, I don't know, like uh, I'm trying to think of a, a of an NBA example, like a Dame Lillard. He was like a Dame Lillard for a minute there. Yeah, no, he was good, and but I mean, it was a good cast. Shaq was good. Penny Hardaway was good in it. Yeah. The, the woman, didn't she win an Oscar? The woman from. Uh, There's no yeah. way that woman run, won an Oscar. Not from that movie, but from Dances with Wolves. Did she win one of Dances Did with she? Wolves? I don't know. She, I bet she was nominated. What's that actress's name who plays his ex-wife? <laughs> I have no idea. Mary McDonald. Am I just crazy to thinking that. She would have won. I mean. Dances with Wolves did get like absurd love that year. Yeah, look at look at me on a on a deep dive. Um, yeah, I am correct. Watch Blue Chips. She I, won an Oscar. She did not win, but I said at least okay, nominated. Okay, she, okay. she was nominated for Best Supporting Actress in that okay. movie. Yeah, that that's more reasonable. I was going to be, I was going to, that was going to be the, the biggest sh- dirty sports podcast shocker in a while. <laughs> she got an Oscar. Let's uh, let's, let's play. If she got an Oscar and John Moran can't get into MVP tweets. I'm going to play a clip. This is uh this is when Nick Nolte goes that he watched. I don't know. This might be a shitty clip. I don't know. I'm just in the YouTube uh, on clips. This is uh when he meets, uh what was his name? Neon Bodo. That was Shaq's character. Neon Boudreaux. Yeah. Where he goes to greet him in like Louisiana. Yeah. I remember he's like playing hoops in like a like that, they've they've got him in like a farmhouse and like the rim is like made out of like that's fucking what, wicker and shit. That's what this is. This, this is this is this is when he goes and sees him again. This this movie came out in 94. Yeah, if you haven't seen Blue Chips, oh, this is this is the Van Morrison song that leads up to that. Even even the clip, I wish you could see it. 
Yeah, here we go. It's just like a chain, like. Dude, so he's playing basketball. It's not even. It's like a warehouse. It's like an empty yeah. warehouse that has a hoop. Like an, an empty Bayou warehouse. Yeah. And, and they're just. He just blocked his shot, which was a clear goaltending. Yeah. You're right. The, the, the chain hoop. I like that the clip you picked is. Hold on. Yeah, it's when he meets him. Think about going to college. I thought about it a few times. All right. There's a thing called Proposition 48, which says that if your grades aren't up to par, you can take the SATs, and if you score 700 or more, you can get into college. Would you be willing to take the test again? I don't know, man. I'm tests are culturally biased. Well, everything is <laughs> culturally biased. Leon. I'm just trying to get you in college. If I couldn't play basketball, would you be trying to get me in college? No. Shaq's so, Shaq's so thin in this. Yeah. And Shaq. Assemblies of God. Pentecostal. Hell, I grew up in the Pentecostal. <laughs> Shaq next to Nick Nolte is really amazing. Anyway, that was probably the worst clip I could have chosen. <laughs> They're only music-based clips. No, the, Three pieces of dialogue. That was a terrible clip. They weren't giving me much. I'd like you to go to college. You trying to get me to college? I can't hoop. Yeah, but uh, like you said, definitely a movie to watch if you haven't. So good. With the the, and uh, I I believe if I'm if I'm not mistaken, that was the Penny Shack. That that was Penny Shack pre Magic. Like they were not actually paired yet. That was their first connection was like filming that. Then they get paired together. Really? So, okay. So I, I am curious. So 94. Let's see here. No, they were playing together. No, but that, I mean, you, a movie well, comes out like two years after it's filmed. You know what well, I mean? Well, no, the movie came out in 94. Okay. They were on the magic, the 93, 94 season. Yeah, I'm telling you. You don't think they had played ball before they filmed that? I don't think Anthony Hardaway was a member of the Orlando Magic prior to joining the cast of Blue Chips, if I recall properly. Let's see. Let's see. Somebody can do the deep dive. And and you know you know what's interesting? Casting in that was uh, the former Indiana player who like didn't go pro, but they cast him as Ricky Rowe. Do you remember his yeah, name? Yeah. No. Matt Nover, former Indiana basketball player. And he actually played it well too. Yeah. I love his line when he says, I want one of the big bags filled of cash. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah. How do we get that. on blue chips? I don't know, but it's a good segue to the new show on the Lakers from HBO. Yeah. Speaking of sports, Basketball dramedies. I sent it to you yesterday. I said, this is airing tonight. You watched it. I did. What was your thoughts? I liked it. So it's it's called Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. Couldn't be called Showtime because it's on HBO. <laughs> yeah. 
So they went with winning time. I would have just gone with Showtime anyway. I'd have been like, fuck it. Showtime's not really a threat to us. Sure. No, for sure. I mean, I liked it and it's going to, you know, this and I'm learning and that's and that's what's important for me in this. Like I'm learning. This is this is before my time. With as far as like, like, I don't know much about the 80s Lakers. Obviously, we know Showtime. It it definitely gives you some stuff. And then like a lot of this is stuff that I have read stories of and whatever. But then what's interesting is I haven't read the book by, you know, former Joe Prano podcast guest and hopefully future Dirty Sports guest Jeff Perlman. Uh, He wrote the book about the Showtime Lakers. He had that option for this. So he, you know, is uh, it's a based on Jeff Perlman's book. I'm sure a lot of this this stuff is in there. And um, it's interesting because you he, I've heard all of these stories, the coin flip and magic going back to school and bird going back to school and all this stuff before. But uh, getting the details, apparently it's like pretty seriously, pretty legit based on his book. The one thing I did not know, and I think it, so far the best character by far is Jerry West. Oh, who, wow. Who didn't want Magic Johnson. That's like almost crazy to think of because it's almost like Jerry West has never missed, but he almost missed in the biggest sense you could ever miss. Yeah. So the book again is called Showtime Magic Kareem Riley in the Los Angeles Lakers dynasty of the 1980s. So Jeff Perlman wrote that and it was published in 2014 and they're now making it a, a, a comedy. A, you know, would you call it? What, what do you call it? Like, it's, it's a I call drama, it a dramedy, a dramedy. John C. Riley plays Jerry Buss and uh, and I think John C. Riley is great. Oh, he's amazing. So, you know, they started off. They're basically going to where Magic Johnson has just won the title for Michigan State. And, and you're right. It's wild. I had to look it up. I was sending you some articles from the I mean, it, it starts, starts, starts with Magic Johnson getting HIV. Sure. Basically getting his diagnosis and then boom. Cut that, backwards. That's where the book ends, just FYI. So that's where the book actually ends. Um, like he takes the 80s Lakers up until Magic Johnson tests positive for HIV. But again, there's some wild things in it. I encourage everybody who has HBO Max to watch it. Wild things, like Joe said, that's true. They did a coin flip, guys. They did a coin flip. Let me just repeat this. They did a actual coin flip to determine whether the Chicago Bulls or LA Lakers got the number one pick for that draft. And the, and the craziest part of the that next season is Magic and Bird are rookies together after playing in the national title game in college against one another. But Bird had been drafted the year before, six overall to the Celtics, decides to go back to school. The Celtics retain his rights until a certain day. Bird goes through a major like contract negotiation, says he's going to he like demands to be like the highest paid rookie ever, or the highest paid, I think maybe the highest paid Celtic. The Celtics like scoff at that, but then eventually cave. So Bird is a rookie the same year, even though he doesn't come out in that draft. And then they they institute a rule, which we now know today. Like basically, you can't get an agent and you can't once you declare for the draft, you can't go back to college. It's like the bird college rule or whatever it is. So it's crazy because 
people go back to that draft. I mean, these guys forever linked bird magic, bird magic, essentially not just, I don't even want to say save the NBA, but like make the NBA. They did. Uh, And they come out uh, together and they play together in that last college game, but not in the same draft class. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the whole thing is, is pretty crazy. So the Lakers were actually good the year before. Right. So, so so I just want to explain why they had the number one pick. The Lakers went 47 and 35. So they made the playoffs the year before, but they had done a trade with the, at the time, New Orleans, New Orleans jazz. In case you were wondering why the Utah are called the jazz. Yes. When they only listen to white Christian rock. Yes. In in Utah. Creed is really popular in Utah right now. So, they had done a trade a few years earlier, which gave them the rights to that pick. And again, they, they, they were coming off. And the Lakers like, we accept the rights to that pick with arms wide open. <laughs> it's our first ever Creed reference on Dirty Sports. Now back to back Creed references. This is impressive. <laughs> You know, you know what Creed? It's funny you said. You know what Creed was big. They were, uh, you know, obviously I went to a Catholic high school, a Jesuit high school. When we do like religious retreats, that was always. Oh yeah, cause, sure. Because Creed was popular, and it was like it was, the teachers were like, "Yeah, we're really hip. We're gonna go do a spiritual journey. We're gonna play Creed for the kids." Yeah. Uh, anyway, they get the number one pick, which literally, and you watching the show was decided over a coin flip done in New York with the commissioner. New York or uh, Chicago and LA owners are on speakerphone on a coin flip guys. This is where the NBA was at in 1979. I I just want people to realize this is where the league was at in 79. Yeah. I mean, just, and just think about the trajectory. I'd almost argue like, like if magic Johnson goes to the bulls, the like, I mean, the butterfly effect of that happening because they were a terrible, terribly run organization, terribly run organization. I mean, he probably turns them around, but bird immediately like brings championship level value to the Celtics. I don't think the bulls compete just because they have magic Johnson on that level. Even if they do, you don't get the East Coast, West Coast rivalry. You don't get it in the finals. Like even if it was, a, even if he did turn them around, then you would you would figure six years later, five years later, whatever it is, they're not so bad that they get the number one overall pick. Michael Jordan doesn't end up in Chicago. I mean, it re- the butterfly effect really is crazy, and and you can't understate this for. Anybody who's studied- you can't understate the fact that two good NBA teams get Bird and Magic in back-to-back drafts sure. because Boston was way better than even getting the sixth pick where they draft Bird. Yeah. They also acquired that, I think. The NBA Finals used to be on tape delay. Yeah. I, I, I just want to put this in context for everyone. It I mean, even the NHL finals is live on HGTV. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, it wasn't live. The NBA finals in like the 70s and early 80s was on tape delay. 
that was the level status. Like even even the Stanley Cup finals is can, will only be delayed for a couple minutes if the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills after show runs long. Sure. But but it's mostly live. Even even the Lakers. It's funny. I, I was shocked. And, and they show this in the in the uh, in the first episode. Even though the Lakers were good. And, and obviously at that point, the Lakers already had the history. They already had the players. They had the names. They'd already won a bunch of titles. I guess they hadn't won a bunch in LA, but they won one with in that run. Yeah. Of of Jerry West losing over and over and over. But they highlight this in the show. The Lakers were only averaging at the forum a little over 11,000 fans a game out of of 17, 18,000. So even though they were a good team and they had Kareem, they they had Kareem Abdul Jabbar, the UCLA kid. Yeah. There, was, they, there still was not the fanfare that magic brought to the table. And then the Showtime Lakers and obviously Pat Riley then comes along. But Jerry West is fascinating. I wonder how accurate this is if he was a lunatic. I know it's crazy because Jerry West is, you know, a soft spoken guy now and doesn't really seem to, but like, the way they portray him is that it's an absolute lunatic. I mean, Jeff Perlman is on Twitter and he was doing, uh, he was doing sort of like AMA last night and on questions that he didn't essentially want to answer, but like wanted to answer in the affirmative, he would just be like cough, cough. But basically he has sort of said, yeah, like this is an accurate portrayal of Jerry West, which is wild. Yeah, you're right. He is a soft-spoken guy, but he's intense. And I think that's yeah. why people get to where they are at that level. And he's like a West Virginia kid. And like, you know, like he was certainly known as like being a fiery like player. I mean, I mean, let's look at some people we know from West Virginia who are intense. Jerry West, Nick Saban, Bob Huggins. Like, I'm just naming guys like who are from there, who are like the Dan Tony brothers. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, so it, I think it's good. Now, Mike, I want to ask you this. Yeah. How do you feel about the style when they break the fourth wall? I don't love it. I actually, so what I what I thought would be interesting when they did it, it's okay. First of all, that's a very Adam McKay thing that's happened in, you know, we've seen it in the big short, short we've seen yeah. it in whatever, like whatever. Um, I kind of would have liked it if it was just, Jerry Buss. I agree. They have it. They, they they kind of overdid it. And also, I think they overdid that. And I think they overdid the camera changes. I it agree. Was, I was, agree as well. Like, I don't mind there being like show, I, one of the coolest, uh, like kind of technical choices I thought was you see uh, in a lot of things, a lot of times things will jump to film. And be like, oh, the, you know, it gives film a film look gives it a totally different style. This being an 80s thing, it, it uses like a beta cam look for certain things. And I kind of like that. I was like, oh, that's really cool. I just wish it was used like in some for some sort of reason, like anything we were seeing through a, you know, I don't know, a TV. Like recordings point of view like a press conference or game footage or whatever show me the beta cam for that but like for you to be on the golf course watching jerry west freak out and then it goes to a wide shot 
that's just like beta cam. I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? It's kind of like weirdly confusing. Yeah. But otherwise, I think I mean, I think it's great. It's obviously overly like they've 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 made it uh, funnier. They've made it like a little bit more over the top, you know, but I like it. But I feel like it could have been dialed back in a couple places and still been better. But it's also sure. the first it's also the first episode. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and it's we'll very see what on, happens. Like, and like you said, everything so far, even in the, in the first episode, it's very on brand of an Adam McKay show or movie. What's crazy is a lot of this is accurate. I don't want to give too much away, but the, you know, they take some creative liberty and change things around a little. But the whole episode of Magic Johnson and the fish launch with his dad and the Lakers owner. That happened. And I sent you an article on that from the LA Times. So yeah. there's a there's a lot of Jerry Boss was not there. It was it was Chick Hearns who saved that. But there was a lot of accurate things in the first episode. And again, it, it, it's just wild how Jerry West didn't even want magic and he wanted Sidney Moncrief. And again, the butterfly effect of everything. And Jerry Buss just generally like, you know, what what's for sure accurate. I don't know how accurate the financials of it are, but like him essentially putting everything on the line to acquire the Los Angeles Lakers. And now, I mean, what, what like what an absolute legendary move, right? Yeah. Because you're getting in at a time right before it. And, and it's not tackled in the sense of like, I'm going to get magic Johnson and they're going to get Larry bird. And this is going to save the league. The dude just like loved basketball and like wants in. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously he'd been very successful in, in real estate and some other ventures. I went to, I had to go to his Wikipedia today. So they don't go into that as far as how he needed money from his ex-wife and they needed more in cash, but he did purchase. This is going to blow people's mind obviously because what the Lakers are valued at now and pro sports in general. So he bought for 67 and a half million in 1979. He acquired not only the Lakers, the LA Kings, but also the forum. So he got all three from that purchase for just 67 and a half million. I mean, talk about investments. Wild. I think about this, you know, people are always like, if you could go back in time, mine would be a sports franchise. The, the, the value of these teams now, because of the TV deals, you talk about return on investment. There's like no better return on investment than professional sports teams. And you see it. And that's absolutely nuts. So when he died and he died in 2012, he has six kids. They all got, so he owned 66% of the Lakers. They all got 11%, which I think still holds up. But his daughter, you know, Jeannie runs a team now and she has, you know, I've always crushed on her. Yeah. I, I, I fell down a rabbit. You know, she, I didn't know this. I think I was, she dates Jay Moore. Does she? I think so. She posed in Playboy in 95. Oh, yeah. I knew that. I didn't know that. I was looking and at those. I, and I believe the bus family now owns the Ice House. Do that. Yeah. I spent a little time looking at her. She was like, she was like nude in the old forum for some of the picks. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I, I do. I do my thorough research. <laughs> Sounds like it. But so you were a little late to the podcast this morning. Yeah, that's You're like, we got to do 1030 instead of 10 a.m. I'm, I'm researching Genie Buses Playboys. Well, I'm also currently watching the A&E Playboy Secrets. OK, so now I'm like curious, which I have not been too impressed at this point. I don't even know what it, that is, but they're they're trying. You know, it was a whole thing of what really went on and half was not a you know, he championed himself on women's rights and women's liberation. And they're saying, you know, I, I, you know, and, and I'm not surprised a lot of shady shit that went down at the mansion and with the girls and, but, but, but my, but my, th- my thing is overall, and I'll just say it, and I don't think it's wrong to say it doesn't justify bad things that happened. But I, my argument always is that happened in every profession to women in the seventies and eighties. Do you see my point? Like, like you're making, Oh, playboy is so bad. I'm like, Dude, every place was awful for women. Like you could just blanket statement that, don't you think? Like sure. every place was awful for women. But anyway, I, I don't want to jump into that uh, too much, but I think this is going to be good. I, I agree. I like it. I, the fourth wall is, as well. I was like, uh, there's a lot of this, but overall, love John C. Riley. I love the Donald Sterling cameo. Yeah. And how great. and how about the cameo from former Dirty Sports guest? David Tucker. Yeah. Nice cameo during the uh the airplane shooting sequence. Which I like. It, it was great to see my good friend David. Yeah. It, it was cool to see that. And and I like what I like about this show is I looked it up. A lot of these guys are no names. I and I'm not trying to disrespect them by saying no names. I'm just saying yeah. actors. The guy playing Magic Johnson is a, is a former college football player. And yeah. I think the guy playing Kareem was also a former college athlete. Like they're getting guys who don't have much acting experience. And it's good because, you know, the you, you have to. It needs to be like a little bit believable. I It does take me out of it. Like if if Kareem was played by a guy who was six one and everybody else is standing in a hole, I'm like, this is bullshit. You yeah. know what I mean? And And I'm constantly looking at that stuff. I mean. The dude, um, who's the dude who plays on uh, Ballers? You know, the, the kid who plays the, the Denzel Washington's kid. John David Washington. Yeah. Like, what's he, 5'7"? <laughs> you look at him and you're like, all right, dude, you're not an NFL wide receiver. Yeah. I, I know what you're saying. But, but that's a great point. They don't do that with this show. Right. 5'9". John David Washington is 5'9". He's me. Yeah. Elite NFL wide receiver. Yeah. Nate Robinson. <laughs> like, I mean, it's really like, it's insane. And I think that's important. Like to me, if, uh, and this goes back to blue chips, dude, blue chips is the best movie. Cause they were like, listen, let's just get guys who ha- have at least college level basketball ability and then hope that they can fucking act. Yeah. You get all the takes in the world to do it. Just figure it out. It's better than putting, you know. It's why it's why it's amazing that Tug Coker is not in this show, to be totally honest with you. Is Larry? Yeah, it's whoever. Yeah. How is he not in the show and as you know? As as Rick Carlisle on the Celtics. 
You know what I mean? Like, and and then we, you know, Bill Walton. Who who would play Bill Walton? Yeah, that should be the Will Ferrell cameo because I think Will Ferrell was in the mix for Bus. You know they had a huge fallout. Did you know this? Who did? Dude, I just learned this. McKay and Farrell? They're they don't even talk anymore. Wow. I they did not know that. So they have what is it? Gary Sanchez. Yeah. Gary Sanchez yeah. Productions. And and they've still, you know, they still obviously do stuff, but they don't, they don't work. They they like Farrell. Because of this? Anymore. Because yeah, of this? That's really? part of it. Wow. He, he wanted to play Jerry Buss. And I think this was the final straw. And he gave it to John C. Riley, who's also one of his close friends. And yeah. I could be wrong. I don't know if, if this had a fallout now with John C. Riley. Because Farrell's boys, but him and Adam McKay are like don't even talk anymore. I I, I read some articles on I, I kind of forget, but I read that Adam McKay was like, dude, I've reached out. He just won't even talk to me now. That's crazy. I think he really wanted to play. And John C. Riley's pretty good. That that role fits John C. Riley better. Jerry Buss for like the quote unquote like playboy that he was was not that good looking a guy. It was simply the uh, the money. You know what I mean? His hair is ludicrous. He you know he looks like our boy Doug James. Yeah. <laughs> so like Will Ferrell obviously has like a very you know Will Ferrell. I I, I don't think. There's a lot of women out there who are like, Will Ferrell is my like peak man. But like Will Ferrell is like a tall, like handsome-ish guy. Like I, John C. Riley fits it better. And I think does a good job. Yeah. No, and I, Will Ferrell I, I like walking around at like 6'5 or whatever with all these guys. It just, again, it kind of just doesn't work. Yeah. No, I agree. And I love Will Ferrell. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I, I guess I, I will say this much, and I, and I don't know if you read that article. I, it it kind of stinks that, you know, Jeff Berman was saying how, you know, Jeannie Buss helped him so much with his book, so much. And even she even came in, he teaches at a college, you know, I don't know if he still does, but he did. And, and yeah. she even came in a few times. They were that close to speak. But the minute this was going to TV, and he says that, like, just communication was cut off, he, which sucks because he even said like he, this was based on his book. He did, he he says in that article like I don't I wasn't really a part of. Yeah, there's a there's a old Hollywood joke. Uh, did you hear the one about the Polish actress? She fucked the writer. Yeah, it's like he's not even the he didn't even write the show. He wrote the book that's based on the show. Yeah, it's like the joke is like the writer fucking ha almost has nothing to do with it, let alone the writer of the the property that was optioned. Yeah. So so I guess she, you know, because of I guess, you know how, you know, and th but that's what her dad was. You know, Jerry Buss was a he was a playboy. He lived and, and, and everybody knows that everybody who knows sports. I mean, I'm sure part of her concern is that, like, when you have a show on HBO, this opens it up to a whole world of people that would have never known it. Haven't read the articles, haven't read the books, haven't seen the documentaries, haven't whatever that are just now going to be like, Oh, that was Jerry bus. And obviously they're making a caricature of him and they're whatever. I mean, at the end of the episode, he's drunk on the center court of the forum, you know? Yeah. Um, so. 
But I mean, I mean, there's those pictures. If you just put Jerry Buss and Playboy into Google Images, and I've seen a lot of these, it's like it, you know these were already out there. And I understand she's trying to protect her dad's legacy, but like you said, everyone knew. And then I guess Magic as well wanted no part of this, but and I guess wanted no part of the book. But I'll say, even from episode one, I think Magic would watch this and be like. You know, what's wrong with this or right and listen we haven't gotten to the part in the thing where we i don't think anybody thinks he got hiv from being uh you know exclusive to his wife <laughs> sure right so we haven't gotten to the part where magic johnson becomes a star in los angeles and starts to act out in whatever that way that is but Magic Johnson also just like a guy with a brand. Um, Magic Johnson not wanting to be like, listen, you lived it. But like to be yeah. a part, I, I understand him not wanting to be a part of the book in the first place and therefore not the movie. But what, what's crazy is Jeannie Buss supporting, 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 and then being like, nah, fuck it, I'm out. I, I, I don't care what people who have the ability to read think of my father, but the people who only watch television, that's who I'm really concerned about. You know, but we all do know that, right? Visual is different. Yeah. You, you read something. It's a lot different than seeing it. Yeah. So, again, if you have HBO Max or HBO. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I didn't love it, but I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that it's going to find its legs and like become a thing. Because I think even from the beginning of the episode to the end of the episode, it got better. Yeah, and, and and just so you know, this first season is just going to be about that 79-80 Lakers team that won. And there may or may not be a, a I think this I think it's like it has not been picked up for a second marketed season. as a mini series right now. Yes, it has not been picked up for a second season. Yeah. And I mean, realistically, you could cover, you know, the Lakers won five titles over that over that 80 span. I mean, you yeah. could cover and and Jeff, I what I do know is they've already optioned three ring circus, which is his second Lakers book about the Kobe Shaq era. Sure. Just as like a, just a JIC, just in case situation, you know? Sure. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I'm like you, I look forward to seeing how this plays out and, and learning some things. And, and I think it's obviously cool for us. You still live there. I lived there for 14 years. It's just cool seeing all the stuff in LA and it's cool thinking again from a grander scheme where the NBA was at. You just, again, cannot understate it enough what Larry Bird and Magic Johnson did to think that just 40 years ago, these games were on delay. I mean, like, it, it all, it's always said that there's probably no one sole person who had a bigger impact on the NBA. Well, I mean... People who really know say David Stern, but like from a player standpoint, people go, no one had a bigger effect on the NBA than Michael Jordan. But the bottom line is there is no, there is no effect on the NBA from Larry Bird without magic and vice versa. Like it was the rivalry, the Celtics, Lakers, the duo, the whatever. But I would argue that th that duo combined had infinitely more effect on the NBA than Michael Jordan. Like yeah. there is no NBA for Michael Jordan to affect 
without those guys. Well, you got to walk, you know, you got to learn how to walk before you run. Right. It's yeah. like, it's like, that's kind of what it was. Like you said, there's like, there's Michael Jordan. Can't Michael Jordan, the combo of Michael Jordan and David Stern can't make NBA a global game in, in till it's an American game till it's sure. on TV in America. Yeah. And it goes back like furthermore, almost for basketball in general, because obviously college basketball, you know, there's a time prior to like the major sports, uh, major professional sports leagues, besides major league baseball, obviously that's been around for hundreds of years at this point, but the NFL, the NBA, like college sports, college football and college basketball were forever bigger than college football or than, than professional football and professional basketball. So those guys do it also in a way by like getting on the map in the championship game versus each other. It like started before they were even in the NBA and said like, Hey guys, you know, us from your favorite show. Come join us on our new show. Yeah, no, for sure. And that's been dirty sports talks television. Yeah. It's a good little segment. Well, in, in, W. We're going to have to get Tug Coker on for his. Maybe we do a second episode review with Tug Coker. I'm all for it. Or a, a TC minute. You know, well, the guy loves his TV. Well, and especially the TC TV update. Well, especially with an actor, you know, an actual actor who played Larry Bird. Yeah. And it's should like, be playing Rick Carlisle as an extra in <laughs> in the final scenes. <laughs> In NBA adjacent news to the WNBA, to the Russian League. Enough dirtballs DM me that I have to mention this. Brittany Griner has been detained in Russia for possibly three plus weeks. I have seen this headline multiple times. In- incredibly lazy by me not to do it. But what is Brittany Griner even doing in Russia? She's playing off-season professional hoops elsewhere. She makes a million dollars over there, Joe. Right. But she plays in Russia. Correct. She plays a, a lot of these. Yeah. Do double duty in, in a foreign league. Because they make they may just make more money. Her salary in yeah. the States is 250, 250 right. grand. She makes a million dollars and a lot, you know, most of the women who are good go over there now as most people can imagine the state department had issued a level four do not travel advisory for russia um even before the war started with ukraine but she was detained you know it's it's classic stuff you'd see they'll look for anything to detain somebody especially of a country that they don't like right now so she was detained um what she have she had uh a vape she had a vape. Let me let me pull it up. Man, that's a that's a terrible way to be detained. She they, they found vape cartridges that contained oil derived from cannabis, crime that carries a maximum penalty of ten years in prison. So who knows what's going on over there? But where is Brittany Griner? And Peng Shui also, since we're still talking about it. <laughs> that that would be terrifying, man. Like, you don't know where 
you are, where you're getting out. I don't even know how that, like, I don't know how that works. I just assume it's like something out of a Bond film. She's being kept in like a wet, damp Siberian prison. Some guy coming in there with it. Hello, Miss Griner. You must, we need to know all of your secrets. She's like, I don't know anything. I'm a WNBA player. Tell me how you drop stuff and dunk your ball. <laughs> we need all of your State Department secrets. I, I I play women's basketball. They don't even put our games are still on tape delay. I've been waiting my whole life. Are you a man or a woman? I need to know. <laughs> cancel, 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 cancel. I know it, it, it is funny, though, the amount of DMs I got on that one. I think that goes. I think those are like old school dirt balls when we've talked about her. But yeah, uh, yeah not not a place again, not a place I'd want to be. And, and, and I did have to laugh because then <laughs> not a place I'd want to be. I mean, is there like the, the most captain, obviously a, a Russian prison during wartime? Not a place I want to be. Wouldn't, wouldn't choose it. Definitely not. But then, of course, the discussion of, of pay of you probably didn't see it. Of course, the discussion of what these women make in the WNBA was brought up and it was like, if they were paid more, she wouldn't be locked in a Russian prison. I'm like, well, that's a very complicated issue. And that's not the answer as well. It's, it's a little deeper than just pay them more, but we've already discussed that at length, but yeah, that was, uh, that was, that was making the head the headlines the other day. Another thing I want to discuss that I saw speaking of headlines, I saw just today. I was a little shocked by this. Amazon is going to hire Kirk Herbstreet as their Thursday night football analyst. So Amazon now gets the exclusive rights for the NFL on Thursday. Okay. They're going to hire a college analyst to be the, you know, the lead. I like I like Herb Street. I do too. I, I I mean it's is it it's not the flashiest thing ever, but I like it. I mean, I have no problem with Kirk Herb Street. I honestly I I prefer to like a lot of the other moves that we've seen out there in terms of broadcasting. It seems like all these guys are just pushing so hard and trying to like, like get these people that are like move the needle a little bit. And it's like, to be totally honest with you, does the NFL need to move the needle? Like, I feel like this is exactly what people who are broadcasting NFL games should do, which is just like, get somebody who's not going to annoy you, get somebody you like, get somebody you trust, get somebody, whatever the game sells itself. I agree, but the argument somebody would say is obviously he's been great on college football. The argument is like, dude, he played at Ohio State. He never played in the NFL. He fits the college mold. He's done the college thing for what, 15 years now? Yeah. Some people might say, can I get a former player, former NFL player? I mean, but is it really that different to like Brian Greasy? Okay, Brian Greasy played a couple seasons. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, He's analyzing the games. It's not the same game as it was when some, I mean, the, the, the greatest fucking duo of all time was, you know, John Madden and you had Pat Summerall. It was like a former kick, a drunk, former kicker. It's like, I, I feel like the, the fact of the matter is I, I know Booger played in the NFL for a minute, right? but like 
I never need to hear booger again. Yeah. So I'll be curious who they team with him. They're saying they might even just go with uh, the possibility of, of Fowler, who he who calls the games with him, who has forever, Chris Fowler on college football, or or like a buck. I, I don't know. Like I, I was reading a lot today that the movement is is swift. Like ESPN might try to nab Buck to stick him with Aikman to keep that duo. Right. Um, Al Michaels is still the, the rumor was. They wanted Al Michaels forever. Amazon did. Right. And that they, they're still in negotiation. So if that would happen, it'd be Michaels and Herb Street. So there's a lot happening. But I said this to you before we went live. The announcer empowerment is real now, just like the player empowerment in these leagues. These guys are making insane amounts of money. Romo gets $17 million a year. It's a million dollars a week. Aikman's new contract, they say, is going to be in that realm. These guys are making a lot of money because the money's there for these TV deals, which is insane. So they have the leverage. You know, just 10 years ago, Kirk Herbstreet would not be able to work for ESPN and Amazon. It just wouldn't, they wouldn't allow right, that. Right. But now he's like, dude, I, I, I'm that big. I can. I have a million Twitter followers or whatever he has. I can do this. College game day is that big. So it'll be interesting to play out. I also saw they released the division odds for next year. And the big headline was that the Cincinnati Bengals, according to Las Vegas, are not the early favorites to win that division. A, a big discussion here in Cincinnati that's happened with a lot of people in my world on that. I mean, is that that? I, I feel like the only people butthurt about this are Bengals fans, right? Like, look at the NFL from year to year. Who fucking does repeat as division champs? Yeah, the Ravens are plus 175. The Bengals are plus 200. Browns plus 320. Steelers plus 500. Well, the thing going against the Bengals is a first place schedule. Right. And like you said, the Super Bowl runner up hangover is real. I mean, right. it's just this. It's real. Right. And and the Ravens have a much easier schedule and the Ravens have history on their side as far as just a franchise. Yeah. It, to me, it's like, honestly, being plus 175 and plus 200, it's basically saying it's a coin flip for that between those two teams. But like, I mean, if you're the Bengals, like who gives a shit? A, a, a universally picked to finish last this year and you won the division, went to the Super Bowl. So maybe you don't want to be the favorites. Yeah. And this like respect us. Who cares? It's bulletin board material, if anything. Sure. I don't know. This, man. Is, this is the kind of shit that fans get wrapped up in that like to, to all you Bengals fans out there. You shouldn't care. And if you do, I don't know, man, I get Reds baseball isn't back yet or whatever, but like. I don't know. Get a hobby. Tons of amazing chili parlors around town. They're everywhere. I, I, you know what? I don't want to jinx. I, 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 I've been running my mouth a little about them. Like they're not going to make the playoffs. This hangover is going to be real. I don't know if that's my hate. I have been deemed the number one Mike Brown hater of all of Cincinnati. And, and, and I wear that with, with pride. I do. I take that as a badge of honor. 
I mean, I think most Cincinnati Bengals fans who listen to our show right now are on their on the edge of their seat, hoping that you predict they don't make the playoffs next year. I think everybody who believes in the Ruther curse is like, yeah, give it to me. Well, I, I learned one of my neighbors is a, is a I haven't really talked to him much. He is a he's like on my side with the mic. I was like blown away. He's like, I gave up room for them. And he went on the whole Brown family thing. And I was like, what? Where have you been the last year and a half? Who knew people living basically across the street from me share my he's sentiment. Like, he, he's like, we had a tough couple, couple years. We had a tough couple years. A few years ago, uh, some guy just destroyed our car as it was parked in the street. We didn't know what happened. We had to deal with it. We had some insurance claims we had to deal with. We just came out and our car was on fire. No sign of anything that happened. So, yeah, it's been a rough couple of years, but, you know, we're back on pace now. So, yeah, I've just been dealing with that paperwork. <laughs> Never forget, Joe. Never forget. When I told you that. Did you ever see the car? Did oh, you I see saw it? the car. I saw the car. You saw the car? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I saw. Honestly, it was amazing with the damage done to that car that the car that did the damage could still even drive on to continue doing more damage. I've never seen a car <laughs> in, in in more shambles than that car. Those poor people. Come out. Imagine coming out one morning and just being like, "How?" How you're like looking for a tree that fell on your car or something? Like, how did this happen? How fast do you think he was going when he hit that? Honestly, car? it must have been like through police investigation, they must have tied those two together, right? I feel like we need an update on that situation. Can you know who slide into our DMs? Did they ever connect you to the original car? They had to have, they had to have, right? Or is there some detective out there who's still just like racking his brain about what happened? You, you, know what's, you know what's crazy about this show? Now that I think about it. You and I have been at the centerpiece of like a lot of crimes. Talk, talk about the butterfly effect. No, but think about it. Like there's that. There's Yoshi. Don't forget the Nate Craig stuff, which he said on air. Like yeah. 2014, 2015. Yeah. Which then was then brought up in court. Yeah. Like there's been a lot of things on this show that have made their way into the legal world or the, uh, you know, the crime world. Do you remember the look on don't, your face? Don't forget, you know, who going on a shit throwing spree True. forced then into the military now tasked with being on a SEAL team to get Brittany Griner out of Russia. True. They're like, you're going to go in. You're going to throw shit at Putin. It's going to get in his eyes. We'll grab the basketball player. Just kidding. That kid doesn't, isn't involved right. in any sort of military conflict whatsoever. He's just sitting in a room somewhere being a fucking asshole. Do you remember? Uh, I had I had one last thing on the, uh, he was ahead of his time, though. Memphis really looks like they finally found something. They did. <laughs> Do you remember when we went to Buffalo Wild Wings later that day and the, the road was closed and the telephone pole was down? Oh, yeah. But do you remember? I looked at you and I said. Do no, you think you think and, and, and you said you said no way. 
No way. No way the same person that wrecked that car on your street then, then, then took out a telephone pole and blocked a road. Sure enough. Yeah, we need an update on that. So uh, you know who you are. Can you please go? I hope you're all right. I mean, it's been six years. I hope things have changed for the better. You, you know, we all have to, we all have defining moments in our life. I yeah. was, I was, I was at dinner the other night and we were discussing that and there, the, people were questioning, you know, asking me about the old brain injury and I'm coming up on eight years on April 5th. And I was like, that was one of the most defining moments of my life. And, uh, you know, obviously it changed me for the better old, old droopy face. We, we remember how that looked. Yeah. What were some of the nicknames you gave me? I mean, obviously we have Dan Head. We have Vanilla, Vanilla Sky. Vanilla Sky. Um, Chris Wilde had some good ones. Oh, yeah. Oh, Chris, Chris Wilde called you Stroke Voldemort. <laughs> that was a good one. Yes. Because he refused to say your real name. Still to this day, he won't say your real name. So he says Stroke Voldemort. That's a good one. Yeah. I, I show people those pictures and they're like, what? This was you? So like, yeah, this was me. Should we get to a couple calls and then wrap this bad boy up? Let's do it. 310-359-8365. That is the hotline. This is a deep question to start, Joe. This, will be, this might be a tough one off the top of your head, but I'll play it. What's up, fellas? This is you. Um, just want to know it's a slow time in sports and, uh, you know, now with the news of baseball and stuff. I was wondering if you could go back into time and have dinner with anybody, um, who would it be? Would it be a sports guy, a movie guy, dead or alive? Um, I, I want to have dinner with uh, any president, any ex-president, because I want to know all the fucking secrets. Uh, I want to know where we kept the aliens, you know, who really shot JFK, and is Trump a really, like, a Russian spy. Uh, but let me know what you guys think later. I mean, dinner with anybody. It's tough. That's a, I, I don't even know where you start. Yeah, I, I don't really know where you start either. Like, I'm. I'm trying to think in terms of like just across the board. So I like history. I'm like a huge history guy. And I start thinking about that. I'm like, do you go like with like a Caesar or a Alexander the great or like, you, you know, you know, I'm just thinking like, like, but then there's like a whole like historical divide. Do you even get to like, like you even talk on the same level? Yeah. Do you go with Genghis Khan? Like, like, do you go with like Thomas Jefferson? It's, it's, you know, do you go with somebody who was awful? Like, do you have dinner with Hitler? dinner with hitler <laughs> like 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 i don't know just some of these like stalin mao zedong like people who like what's it like to talk to somebody who caused so much atrocity and i don't know or, i feel like i'd want to i i feel like 
I'd want to, my thing, I would, I would definitely be taking it from the creative realm. I think okay. I'd, I'd, I'd for sure want to have dinner. If I could have dinner with anybody, it would be somebody that was like highly creative. That would be the interesting thing for me. Honestly, I think the person might be alive. I it's, it's, it's wild. I think if I could have dinner with anybody, maybe we can make this happen. Bill Walton. We should start a ta- hashtag. Ooh, Walton's good. He would be Walton. good. He really would You'd be, be good. He would be really good. I think I maybe want to have dinner with Riza. Maybe. Just so much, like so many levels of creativity there from not just like obviously his own artistic work in like being a producer and a rapper, but also then the, the, like the creativity behind putting together like the Wu Tang and then kind of changing hip hop and changing culture, like just like, and then the, the Zen stuff and chess and, and like, I don't know. There's just so many layers of, of creativity there that I would, I'd want to dive into. I mean, Bill Walton, we met him. Hashtag uh, dinner with Riza. <laughs> you love hashtags. I do. I mean, Walton would be great. Walton would be great. He's he would be on my he'd be in my top ten. I think Dave Chappelle would be great for me. Dave Chappelle would be great. Sure. Now, if you could choose any Beatle, who would you choose? Oh, no doubt. You're gonna say. Doubt. I already know who you're gonna say. Who am I gonna say? You're not going. You're not going with most people. Will go McCartney or Lennon. You're not. I'm going George Harrison for sure. I, exactly. For sure. Hundred percent. The most underrated. One of the most underrated fucking musicians of all time. I mean, just all the like. I feel like he's the. I don't even know. Of. I. I mean, the heart and soul. Like I feel like. For sure, would go with George Harrison. Not even a question. What about dead rappers? Like, I, like, I don't think because, you know, you know, you talk about like, oh, like, I don't like a Biggie or Tupac would not be that interesting for me for dinner. Yeah. I, I mean, Biggie, you're, you should be fighting over the food. This guy slow <laughs> down, dude. I feel like it'd be a lot of talking with his mouth full. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, who else is on that list? I don't know. Like the fa- the founding fathers for me would be interesting, like a Thomas Jefferson or a Benjamin Franklin. You know, some people who had a vision of something that was pretty wild at the time and still is, if actually run the way things should be run. But like, I don't know. Like, wouldn't you be like worried that you'd be halfway through dinner and you're like, bro, this dude's hella racist? <laughs> well, I. <laughs> You're at dinner with Thomas Jefferson and like slaves are fucking serving dinner. You're like, you know what? I didn't really think this through. This is really uncomfortable. Well, it's the same way. I, I mentioned Genghis Khan earlier. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Yeah. You, you know, I mentioned Hitler. I'm, I'm just talking about like. Like what it would be like. To have dinner with somebody. I, you know, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, there, there's a lot to choose from. Like David Letterman is my comedic. Like, like, you know, lighthouse, but also it's like, I just don't like dinner with him would probably be miserable. Yeah. Bill Murray, 
is like one of my favorite fucking, you know, comedic people of all time. Dinner with him. I mean, probably exciting for like a minute. You know what I mean? Hunter Thompson, my favorite author, probably slurring his words by before the entrees come. Sure. All right. So CT left a bunch of calls. I have not listened. He left four calls yesterday. I don't know what was going on. There, there's a call before that though about minor league baseball. We, we, okay. have, an, we have an update on him. Okay. And, and and I think this will be good for us to talk. You know where where we want to take our our baseball fandom without the, prof- the without major league baseball. Reno Ruth here, DC, formerly from Seattle, lifelong Seattle Kraken fan, calling in to discuss to express my disgust with Major League Baseball. It's unbelievable. You clown can't get his fucking season together. I called in at the beginning of last season to just express how bad the Mariners have been, and guess what? They missed the playoffs by one stinking game. One game. I was excited for this year. Mariners are going to be hopefully pretty good. I mean, they probably disappoint me, but. Of course, it comes down to there's a goddamn lockout, and I can't watch any Mariners baseball. But I uh, may no longer be the official rental car Dirtball, but I got a job with a minor league baseball team. So, Dirtball, go support your minor league baseball teams, your independent league baseball teams, your college, local college baseball teams. They're playing baseball. Those are going to be out on the field uh, when Major League Baseball is not. So, favorite minor league or independent league it's cheaper than major league baseball better giveaways more creative games they're just having fun and if anyone ever wants to come out and watch a tri-city duck devil baseball game let me know it's in hey dirty you know i think this is was that that? the tri-state sun devils i don't know who he's working for now i think it's a team up in washington It's funny he left this call though. I literally had this discussion with my friends. Tri-state here. Dust Devils. Ah, uh, where are they located? Pasco. Where is that? Washington. Uh, I don't know. They're they're currently an affiliate of the Los Angeles Angels. Well, I had this discussion with my buddies. We we said the same thing before I heard this call. We we were like, look, man. There's some fun minor league teams by us. There's the Louisville River Bats. They, I've always wanted to see their stadium. You drive right by on the freeway. It's right on the river down there. Louisville's like 90 miles south. And, and my buddy was like, dude, why don't we do a road trip? Like, why don't we just go on a road trip to a random city or two? Catch some minor league games. Like he's saying on the call, it's cheaper. The giveaways are better. You and I loved going down to Amarillo, Texas, down to Hodgetown for the sod poodles. Yeah. And just do that, you know? Yeah. I love it. Support baseball. And, and he's right. Like, you know, maybe I'll go c- catch a, uh, university of Cincinnati or Xavier baseball game. You know, it's, it's right down the road because, because at this point, I just, I just don't know when baseball is coming back. Now are the tries, City, Tri-State, what do you say? Tri-City Dust Devils, are they the official minor league baseball team of the Dirty Sports Podcast, or are they added to the mix with the Sod Poodles? Yeah, let's add them to the mix. Yeah. 
I mean, that's that's two dirt balls now that work for minor league teams. That's this nice. We'll start covering teams from all over. Yeah. And the promotions could not be better for minor league. We've said this all along. I don't know yeah, why. I love it. I don't know why Major League Baseball doesn't adopt more of the same promotions and the more of the creative and also less serious tactics that minor league baseball does. Anyway, 310-359-8365. That's the hotline. I'll check your other four calls and add another point CT. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what was going on there. I just see you know, the four calls. Something must be urgent. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the dirty sports. You can follow me at Andy Ruther and you can go see Joe live. That's right. Got some shows in and around Southern California in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I'm, I'm home for a little while. It's been a wild time uh, on the road personally and with Eddie, of course, uh, but here for the next couple of weeks. So go to JoePrano.com and you can check out shows LA, you know, up in the Valley, San Diego, wherever, everywhere in between. And then of course, April, early April, mid April, I'll be in Colorado with Eddie um, slide into my DMS. If you're anywhere near steamboat Springs, if you're anywhere near Denver, or if you're anywhere near Vail, cause we are going to be doing some skiing slash snowboarding and comedy. And then, uh, otherwise you can follow me on all social media at Joe Prano, except for Twitter where I'm at fix your life. All right, guys, that's the show. As always, we thank everyone for supporting and listening. We'll see you guys on Thursday. Have a great start to your week. And as always, stay dirty.